Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener, your host, Ken Lane, here every week talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. And oh, it finally, finally, just this week, warmed up. Some of your plants have been suffering. They haven't liked this cooler, longer spring. Some plants actually like the warmth in the summer. Some of you people are the same way. I'm, I'm a person that tends to get chilled. I like it to be hot. I love it to be in the 80s and up to about 95. That's kind of my sweet spot. I just do better. I'd rather sweat than shiver any day. Now, my wife, totally the opposite. So some plants are kind of like people. Some plants love, like pansies and kales and snapdragons, your peas, and uh, they, they just love everything about spring. Now it warmed up, they're starting to suffer. They're going, oh, I'm just so hot, I can't dig it. But some things like your tomatoes and your peppers, they finally perked up this week. The zinnias and the, the vincas, they finally started taking off. The geraniums have just started to plump back up. Your wave petunia is starting to really grow. Some of your trees, like grapes, they don't like the heat. Um, they don't like the cold. They like the heat. And so they're finally starting to elongate and actively growing. And so I've, I've had this wave of customers coming in going, whoa, is it, is it too hot? Can I still plant? Going, yeah, it's, it's fine. We're not... You're not in Phoenix. You're up here in God's country. The mountains are wonderful. This is why we live up here. It still cools off at night. You can open the door, the windows and just sleep better. Uh, it just takes the edge off the air conditioner. Well, your plants are, are much like that. So they're going to grow very quickly right now. What you have to really do, what you have to go to watch right now, is, you, is you're watering. So you want to make sure you've tuned up. So this week I had to, to redo, basically, tune up three of my eight irrigation lines. I've got eight valves that controls the front yard and the backyard from container gardens to raised beds to trees and shrubs to rose gardens. I've got it broken up so I can really hone in and make the certain kinds of plants happy. And then I don't have to hand water hardly anything. I mean, just literally... No, the computers run all of it for me. Well, some of my trees had gotten into my irrigation lines, and they clogged it up. And so the upper beds, that were, some of those, those drip lines were running underneath the trees, and the, the roots got in there and just clogged it up. It just was, wasn't flowing very quickly. So I bypassed them, went around, and kind of came back, reconnected over here, and voila, everything is, is happy now. Takes the edge off. Some, if, if you're going to garden now, you need to really watch, be in tune with your gardens, with your plants, and watch them. Some plants, just they're just crybabies. They weep and they cry. They're going, oh, I'm just so hot. I can't take it. I'm dry. Watch those plants because they'll let you know as the soil dries out. There's some plants that are just easier to read than other plants. If you're planting, it's a good time. We just got a fresh load of spruce trees, lots of pine trees, restocked on fruit trees. 
new, brand new maple rows are in. So we did a big truck of, of fruit trees and just trees in general came in. If you're going to plant something like that, the real secret to planting right now is don't put a plant into a dry hole. So you really want to dig your hole out. You filter it out. So you dig in the hole the, the same depth that's whatever the root ball is that you're, you're planting. Say it's a big you know, 20-gallon spruce tree. Okay, that's going to be a little bit deeper, but it's still only like 20 inches deep. But you want to go wide. The roots go out. They go sideways. They don't go down. That's a myth that, that Arizona mountain plants put a taproot down. They don't. They put a taproot down about 18 inches, and they hook a, they kind of, I call it the hockey stick effect, and they start running just, just underneath the surface of the ground because that's where the moisture and the food and the nutrients are. If you know that's how plants are going to grow, dig a hole that's, that accommodates that, that helps that plant to start pushing new roots out sideways, not down. With that soil that's out there, you really want to amend that, backfill it, and then you're going to use this mulch native earth blend to backfill around the roots. But the, before you do that, what I do is I'll fill up my hole, my planting hole, about halfway with water. I'm trying to hydrate the surrounding soil around those plants so that when I put my tree in or my shrub or vine, whatever, I don't have that surrounding soil wicking away that water instantly out of the roots of the plants. That can leave plants like spireas and potentias. Certain plants are barberries. They're sensitive that way. And so if that plant, so I'm trying to actively hydrate all that soil around the root so when I hydrate my new plant, it doesn't take away the root, the moisture from the roots. It's a game changer. And it really starts to affect plants as we get hot into June. So 90 isn't that hot as long as you're hydrating your soil around that root ball. It takes the edge off. So that's whether you're planting a new blueberry, a new rose, whatever you're planting. Use that technique. And so I'll actually put that new... Colorado spruce, a new aspen. I'll, I'll set that into this kind of mucky, watery bottom of the hole. And I, it's not there to, to hydrate that new plant. It's there to hydrate the soil around the new plant. Then when I get it all set, then I'll take that mulch and native soil mixture. I'll backfill around that root ball. Then I'll tap it down. Then I'll try to hydrate all of that native soil that I've backfilled around that, trying to get the mulch to hydrate back up. This is one thing. Every once in a while, you'll hear me mention a, a product called Aqua Boost. Aqua Boost is soil polymers. The, you hardcore gardeners, you know what that is. These are, are crystals that swell up. They hold like 200 times their weight in water. So every time I plant, I'll sprinkle a little bit of Aqua Boost underneath the root ball of my plants for two reasons. One, it holds the moisture around the roots. This is important as we heat up. Secondly, Aquaboost, we've infused these crystals with mycorrhizal fungi. These are the, the living organisms that, that work symbiotically with the plant and they infuse themselves into the roots and encourages additional root hairs to grow on this plant. It stimulates the, tickles the feet of these plants so they want to send out new roots. Basically, it's a in a layman's term, that's truly what happens. And then it holds that moisture there. 
And so it really helps you as you plant in the summer plantings. We've got two two crews and a, and a, and a delivery service crew. We've got three crews that run around and just deliver and, and install plants. We do not take a break just because it hit 90 degrees. I know you folks from Flagstaff and Williams and the White Mountains, you, you're thinking, oh, my gosh, how does they do it live in that kind of heat? Oh, my gosh. Plants don't care. <laughs> they've, got, they've got natural mechanisms that help cool themselves. Did you know that a new maple tree, a spruce, sycamore, oak, as it heats up, the, 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 the leaves actually will turn to, to reflect some of the heat. They're actually cooling themselves to evaporate off, to shade themselves. They're just, plants are brilliant. They're really smart that way. So as the sun gets hotter, they actually turn their leaves away from the heat of the sun. Then as the sun sets, it starts to open back up and goes, okay, we'll take the, we'll take the photosynthesis now. So plants have a way of cooling them, themselves off. You do need to still water them. you got to really hone this in. So maybe it's good to turn that irrigation on. This is what I did. Turned, turned my irrigation on, ran it an extra cycle. Then I walked through and I went, whoa. This part of the gardens, they're not watering. What is going on? And I isolated it down to where three of my lines, I put three lines into a trench, and the mimosa trees had basically robbed. They were robbing all the moisture. So I just went, I put ran a new line up the fence line, kind of reconnected back over here. Now all of a sudden, my herb gardens, they're back online. The upper flower perennial gardens, they're back online. And the trees and shrub section of that part of the gardens, they're they're back. And so it's pretty easy fix. It took me two, three hours, kind of open up the irrigation box, tie in some new lines and kind of random. It's kind of a pain, but now I've got healthy gardens and you should be doing the same. Check them before we get any hotter so your plants are healthy. Got a lot in store for you. Lisa Waterslane coming into the studio with your garden questions after this. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters Garden Companion Plants in May are Purple Robe Locusts, Vining Achevia, Prescott Sunshine Geraniums, and Easy Elegant Roses. Just plant these roses in a sunny spot and enjoy. We've married the beauty of long stem roses with the easy care of shrub roses for landscape color like no other plant in the backyard. Choose fragrant reds, radiant pinks, corals, vivacious yellows, and stately whites. Extremely fragrant and only found locally at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Gee, my flowers just bloom too much. Said no one ever. Hi, this is Kenneth Waters. We had a crazy winter and everyone's ready for flowers in the garden. Waters Flower Power is made specifically for Arizona that gives flowers that extra boost to burst into bloom. It's an energy kick in the plants. Get ready for roses that rule, peppers that pop, and tomatoes that triumph. More power to the flowers with Flower Power at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. And we are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week with your garden questions. Just what are your neighbors talking about? There's a lot to be learned in gardening just by tuning in, listening to other folks. What are they having success with? 
So we try to share that. So welcome to the show, Lisa. Thank you. It's kind of fun this week. Yeah. We spent, what was that, Sunday painting Bob Ross, oh. by, by Bob Ross. There's painting by color. And then there's uh, NPR's, National Public Radio's, Bob uh-huh. Ross, famous painter, been doing it for decades. Right. We just, uh, as a family, there's six of us plus friends now. So people uh-huh. are starting to gather. Everyone's got an easel and a palette full of paint. And we try to paint by Bob. He tells us how to paint and we see who follows who can directions. paint. <laughs> <laughs> It was hilarious. It was. It's very interesting to see the interpretations that everybody has, and but it's fun. We used oils this time. I think that was a mistake. It I think took the, me two days to <laughs> clean all those brushes. There were like fifty brushes. It was, yeah, it was. I think the first time we did it, we did acrylics, and yeah. we were pretty successful with that. But for some reason, we got oils, and I don't think they're still dry. I think they're takes a while yeah what was fun was we had some friends come in and so we had an emory riddle kid so one of the girls invited a friend and uh never held a paintbrush before never <laughs> seen a canvas before never painted anything and he really had a ball he had and it a ball. looked good yeah uh, this was one of the better ones a drone of a pilot, drone pilot, gone painter on us. So there you go. I said, all you need to do is paint a drone in the in the sky <laughs> above your photo. It'd be perfect. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah. I think a lot of people have talent they don't pursue. It's been fun. I mean, because I'm not, I would never consider myself an artist. And it's not, I don't pursue drawing, that kind of stuff. But it was so much fun. Just, uh, and it didn't matter if it looked goofy or not. Yeah. You had fun we weren't judging. It. We just, just had well, fun. Well, we were kind of judging, but. I wasn't. I thought yours was very impressionistic. Mine is very. (laughs) Claude Monet and I have a lot in common. So we should actually cover some garden questions. Mm -hmm. What are people talking about out there in the the gardens? Well, Jennifer has a problem. She has some uh, geraniums, very, very pretty. She says the blossoms are not opening, and she's seen holes in the blossoms. Uh, Easy. Wants to know what that is and how do you take care of it? Yeah, well, we've been fighting that a little bit in our gardens, at the garden center. So there's a little tiny white moth that flies around at night, and she loves to lay her eggs on flowers. She likes two flowers, specifically maybe three. Uh, Geraniums is one, petunias, and a calipricoa, or million bells petunias. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm sure there's some others, but the larva stage, or the caterpillar stage, comes out and they... They like to eat flowers. They don't eat the foliage, really. I'm surprised there's holes in the foliage, but they must have eaten all the flowers. And then well, she said the holes were in the blossoms. Oh, yeah. Well, there's there for sure. That's what it is. She has a classic case of blossomed budworms. Budworms. Yeah, budworms. <laughs> there we go. So, but little tiny caterpillars. They like to eat flowers mm-hmm. on certain things. Super easy to control. Um, we've got a product called BT or Synthesis, thuracitis, or something. Or the <laughs> short name is BT. It's in a spray bottle. Come in and get the spray. Spritz the foliage at night. They'll come out and eat it. They'll get sick and die. It's completely organic, safe for hummingbirds, your cats. I mean, I wouldn't spray the cats, but basically, it's organic. But it mm-hmm. focuses specifically on caterpillars. If you were to fertilize those flowers with flower power, we've got a, a liquid plant food 
it would immediately go back into buds and you'd have this glorious geranium two weeks later. I mean, just like that. So easy to recover. So should she just cut the buds off that are kind of... Because you know how the buds don't open all the way? Should yeah. she just cut those off and kind of start fresh? I mean, if they look dry and crusty, yes. But if they look like they're intact, no. If in doubt, keep them on. Okay. So I just... But if, if they look damaged, yeah, yeah. obviously, there's holes in them, yeah, uh-huh. cut them off. So. Yeah, the bedworms on the, last year we had them on petunias, yeah. and they were, I think they were purple petunias, and it actually turned the bedworms purple. Yeah. They were purple. It was the weirdest thing. That's the cutest little caterpillar. Yeah, it's and they little all bigger. deserve to die. So either <laughs> if you find one, you hardly ever see them because they take on the color of the flower. Right. If you see one, nip them in two with some pruners or something. But basically spray them because you've got more than one. Oh, yeah. There's a colony of them. And I might even follow up in a couple of weeks and hit them again just to kind of keep up on mm-hmm. them. This will be a wave that these little moths will be laying eggs and then they'll be gone and you'll have no pressure on, on your plants again. So it's kind of the leading edge of just bugs that happen to show up. The gardeners are in tune. They're, they're tracking, watching what's going on in their plants. And you need to respond to that and pamper your plants. Take mm-hmm. care of the pests. Will that, um, the thuricide, will that help with the codling moth too? It does. Yeah, codling moth on, on apples and mm-hmm. pears. It's got a broad, we've got to concentrate for that because usually it's trees, takes a lot. Yeah. Hose in, sprayer, hose them down. But uh, codling moth is that worm that gets into the apples, the fruits. So you spray that and it keeps them at bay. It's very organic. Again, mm-hmm. it's a great spray if you want okay. to keep things organic. Perfect. All right. Well, Tom has a question. His tomato plants are very happy and healthy, but the blossoms just keep falling off. He wants to know what he's doing wrong and what he should be doing. Yeah, so it's been cold. So tomatoes don't like to be below. This Actually, this weather, this week's been perfect for tomatoes. They're going to shine for you. Yeah. Uh, they don't like to be 70, 60, <laughs> 50, 30 degrees. You poor folks in Flagstaff, I don't know how you garden up there. It was just so cold last week. Tomatoes were not happy with right. the cold nights. It's about the nights. Right. So now that we're warming up, we're coming into actually more favorable gardening weather. So your tomatoes and cucumbers and eggplants, peppers will start taking off now. They've been kind of holding tight going, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's warm enough. And they just sit there, they're growing, but that's why your, your buds are falling off. Okay. Come in to the garden center, get a bottle of Blossom Set, spritz those tomato plants down, and it will force those plants to come into bloom and to set fruit. Uh, it's very inexpensive. One bottle usually lasts the entire season. And don't just spray your tomatoes. Go ahead and spray your peppers, your other things as well, and you'll get more fruit, larger fruits on those plants. It'll force those. Basically, tomatoes and peppers are having a hard time right now. Mm-hmm. It'll force them to, to set blossoms and set fruit. Okay. All right. Well, Larry saw some beautiful autumn blaze maples here at the store, and he wants to put one in his yard. Yeah. He wants to know how far away from the house would you recommend planting that? Well, we've got one in our front yard. It's pretty close. What is that, uh, 15, 20 feet away from the, the house, mm-hmm. kind of beside the driveway? Shades the driveway, cools the front yard. So it's, it's a taller, not as wide type of tree. It's like 40 feet tall by 20 feet wide. Mm-hmm. So I'd probably keep it if the trunk is it's going to get 20 feet wide. And the trunk is in the middle. I would keep it at least 10 feet away from the house, probably a little bit farther, just so you're not competing with the eaves and that kind of stuff. But right. it could be relatively <clears throat> close. It's an it's a 
not a very messy tree, easygoing. Mm-hmm. It's, it doesn't lift foundations like a sycamore or willow or cottonwoods. <laughs> it's pretty easygoing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he doesn't need to really worry about it bothering foundations as long as he's watering correctly. I don't and... think so. It's a good tree for here. There's lots. Every every yard deserves at least one maple, and one of the favored ones is Autumn Blaze. Mm-hmm. It really does quite well here. Um, and we have some gorgeous ones in that we just got in. So people yeah, some beautiful out. ones. I mean, there's they're, like a whole other crop. The beautiful thing about shopping garden centers now, rather than spring, mm-hmm. is it's warm enough, and the crops, the, the, the plants, are flushing, actively flushing new growth. So you can actually get more plant for the money. Mm-hmm. It's still in a 15-gallon bucket. It normally would sell for 120 140 bucks. But it would be without leaves and smaller. But now it's all foliage, and it's flushed out new growth. So it's you know two feet larger. Mm-hmm. It's just a good time to take a look. And all these summer blooming plants are starting to come in. So yes. rows of Sharon's and crepe mm-hmm. myrtles and a butterfly bush and all sizes and colors. Another crop of roses are coming. So you, it's, it's, it's a good time to plant. It's okay mm-hmm. to, to plant now. In fact, you get a whole no- whole nother set of choices right. to pick from in the summer as opposed to very true spring. great questions this week okay ken and lisa lane and the mountain gardeners we'll be right back you're listening to ken lane aka the mountain gardener ken can be found throughout the week in prescott at waters garden center listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens Hi, Lisa with the Plants of the Week and our Victory Pyracantha. It's impossible to kill this evergreen shrub. Your garden victory is assured. Birds will nest and revel amongst the cluster of bold red berries. Thick enough to hedge and screen, yet tall enough to use as a windbreak. A big, bold plant is just $59 and sure to impress your garden friends. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Where people who love Victory Gardens, they love to shop. Waters Garden Companion Plants in May are Indian Hawthorn, Purple Robe Locust, Prescott Sunshine Geraniums, and Vining Akebia. Akebia is a super vigorous vine with dangling fragrant flowers. She proliferates up arbors, pergolas, fences, and stunning as a ground cover to retain hills. One of the fastest growing evergreen vines you can plant in the gardens. You only find the hardiest vines at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. Now we got a, a lot of new trees into the garden center. So we do large trees. Um, got a, got a, restocked a bunch of them. People are gardening still. And so I went down the racks and, and there's, there's a couple plants that just outshine the others, especially if you're thinking native, longevity, robust trees, big classic trees. One tree that stands out, it's just as, as easy care. It's got a big root structure that just holds its own. It's a native that grows wild in all the ridgelines around Arizona. Pen oak, oak trees naturally do well. Now, I'm not talking the scrub oak or emery oak, the evergreen oaks. This is a 
the classic oak leaf that you remember as a kid. Pin oaks just grow wild here. They're a hardwood, and so they're very tough. They hold their own. They've got a very large, thick, waxy leaf with this classic oak leaf to it. And it turns this great fall color, just really rich reds. That's the pin oak. It's got a little bit smaller leaf to it. I like that one. It's good. It is the true native. Okay, if you if you're truly a advocate of native, you know, western wild trees, that's the one. I actually prefer the northern red oak. They're cousins of each other. The reason I like the northern red oak is it's got the a larger leaf to it, kind of a classier leaf, has a larger shade structure, but it still has that central leader of an oak with these branches that just swoop out. This tree grows up 40 feet, 50 feet tall by 20, 25 feet tall. But it takes our soil, takes our wind. It Snow, ice does not bother. It grows at all elevations. You put it on a drip system, get it up to size, and then you could probably take it off and not water it or care for it anymore. I like it because it's not a trashy tree. So all the leaves turn red, usually in October, and then they'll drop all their leaves all at once. Whereas things like uh, sycamore trees, and they hang under their leaves for like three, four months. And they never really have a fall color. It's kind of green to brown. That's it. And then it hangs on brown for a while. I'm going, okay, that's not ideal in my world. It's a big tree. Northern red oaks, actually all oaks, are quite large. Even Groom Creek, uh, the, the highland pines, the They'll grow to the highest levels of Flagstaff, all the way down to Sedona, Camp Verde, Cottonwood, and everything in between, all those elevations. It'll go from Kingman to Payson, everything in between, White Mountains. They're just very flexible, and they've got just a large root structure. They've got this big root structure that holds it up straight against the wind. But look at oak trees. If you're thinking of a, everyone's coming in and asking for maples. Okay, that's great. They're good. But a oak tree will outlast by a hundred years a maple tree with the same thick shade, cuts the wind. It's just a good tree. A, a perennial flower that just came in that's kind of the same way. Just every yard needs one that's maybe not thought of as, as often. Uh, yarrows. Yarrows are, there's a wild variety of whites and yellows that just grow wild as wildflowers. This is a perennial. Remember, they come back every year for us. Well, the moonshine yarrows is a bright, bright yellow. I like that one because the gray foliage with that yellow to it is very striking with a very long bloom cycle. And the beauty of yarrow as a perennial flower, animals, I mean, the javelina, the deer, the rabbits, the antelope, they don't bother Yarrow, it just, it's in their natural world. They know they don't like it. They just don't like the taste. They don't like the texture. It gets, they just leave yarrows alone. Look at that one. That's a great one. And then for the annual side of things, just got a big truck of, of annual flowers, a few herbs. So the last of the vegetables are kind of the last crops are coming out of the greenhouse. We scratched a few more together, came in. But, but the geraniums. This is such good geranium country. And where I like to grow my geraniums, I've got scented geraniums and ivy geraniums and zonal geraniums. All the geraniums do great. I think they do better here than they do actually in the Midwest, where they're, where they're most famous. 
um, because we don't have the disease issues. We don't get leaf spot on geraniums. It's got a thick, leathery leaf. And then if you really take a close look at geraniums, they've got this texture to the leaf that prevents it from perspiring. So it's a much lower care type of flower that you can put out there in your containers, raised beds, hanging baskets. There's a lot of uses for geraniums. And they come in a lot of different colors. They're just for northern Arizona, this, this mountain country of Arizona where it's dry and bright. Geraniums just do great. Where I find I get the best flowers on my east, west side, and north side, surprisingly, if, if it's a bright spot but it doesn't really get direct sun, it, you wouldn't think it would bloom, but it actually holds those flowers an amazingly long time Whereas some plants kind of fade, they kind of go, I need more light than that. Geraniums adapt to the mountains of Arizona because our sun is so intense. It just does really, really well. Anyway, look at oaks, look at yarrows, look at geraniums. If you just, if you got a spot for those things, you don't know where to start, start with those three. You can't go wrong. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Water's Garden Companion plants in May are Purple Robe Locust, Vining Achevia, Prescott Sunshine Geraniums, and Easy Elegant Roses. Just plant these roses in a sunny spot and enjoy. We've married the beauty of long stem roses with the easy care of shrub roses for landscape color like no other plant in the backyard. Choose fragrant reds, radiant pinks, corals, vivacious yellows, and stately whites. Extremely fragrant and only found locally at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters Garden companion plants in May are Vining Akebia, Purple Robe Locust, Prescott Sunshine Geraniums, and Indian Hawthorn. Wind is no problem for this Indian Hawthorn. Rose-colored flowers cover this spring bloomer that often repeat blooms in fall. Dark blue berries adorn this compact bush that takes the wind and soaks up the sun like a native. Perfect for low-maintenance gardens with virtually no pruning, ever. Every backyard should have at least one, and only found here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding, with a few of Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. And we are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week and just shares her garden perspective. What has she seen in her gardens or it, talking to customers, just kind of getting her flair, her flavor of gardening. I think it's valuable. If you get uh, 10 different gardeners in the room, you'll have at least 12, 15 different opinions <laughs> on how to garden a certain plot. And so that's part of the fun. So we share her her advice. So welcome mm -hmm. back to the studio, Lisa. Well, thank you very much. So we, we were talking. Yeah. As a family, we're getting tired. <laughs> so we actually, we, we went around the town and we started shopping uh, uh, sofas, yes. went out and went to a restaurant. I know. Ate out. We haven't done that in a couple months. Just kind mm -hmm. of a test, kind of adventure. Let's see if we can do this without dying. <laughs> we did fine. It did, did great. It was kind of fun. It was, there were some people. Yeah going around so it was it was, it was good. fun it was nice to be out again and we actually yeah. uh we hit up the hike shack downtown love the hike shack and got some new shoes because yeah. ours are worn out <laughs> but yeah people are out it's a good feeling 
you yes. know, just I was talking to the people. downtown merchants, and they said uh, Memorial Day, a lot of Phoenix folks were up. So mm-hmm. it wasn't, there were plenty, easy parking. Right. So it wasn't full, but it was, mm-hmm. there was activity, which was kind of nice. Yeah. We've been, of course, we haven't been out. We've been at the garden center. <laughs> it's been crazy busy. We didn't shut down. Right. And gardeners have been at home, and so they are, have been outdoors gardening. The, the big uh, Victory Garden thing is 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 bigger than ever, still going. And so we haven't had a chance to get out and about. We didn't know, just wouldn't know what other merchants were doing around mm-hmm. town, what other stores were seeing. Yeah. So it's exciting to see them starting to come back. Our family is looking forward to getting away. We're actually yes. booking two trips, Ooh. not to Europe, we're not getting on airplanes. <laughs> Uh, we're going on a houseboat trip mm-hmm. at the end of June, and then we're going up to Durango. We've rented an Airbnb house. Right. Just a big, the whole family's going to land and just hang out and, and enjoy each other because we miss, we just miss each other. We do. Of course, all of us, except for our son and grandkids, have actually been together. Because oh, true. <laughs> Working together. But it will be fun to see James and his wife and the grandbabies. And, grandkids yeah. always make life Better. More fun. Yes. Energetic. <laughs> energetic. It just the energy level goes up with kids. It's just fun to have that uh, oh, energy is. level. And they love their grandparents. And we they love do. them back. And yeah. So it'll be nice to get them a break. It will. I think they're going to make both. Didn't I hear they're coming to the houseboat? Um, or? Well, we don't know what James is doing because the army, you know. Yeah. Who knows? They changed their mind a lot. But we'll get to see Teresa and we'll get to see the grandkids. So It's nice to see your boy, but it's. Yeah. Better to see your grandkids. <laughs> yeah, the Army's kind of locked everything down. They're still, uh, they're in El Paso. So Fort right. Bliss, he's a, a physician's assistant. He, all of, he and all of his medics take care of. Basically, if you shoot a howitzer, you get hurt, his team takes care of you. That's right. it. Mm-hmm. And so they're not letting him go anywhere because there's an outbreak there. They just, they're afraid of letting people go around. They're just, yeah. they well, locked that thing. El Paso's still shut down. I yeah. think until first week in June. Something, something like that. Yeah, so... You know, you talk to them. I think they've, on one hand, they've enjoyed being with the kids and all together in the house, but I also think they're ready for a break. Yeah, I just got to tell. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, this is about gardening, not about your kids. Well, it should be. And how they're still quarantined in El Paso because they're right by. Anyway, um, what's some garden advice we can share with folks? <laughs> so I spent, well, I can't believe it's already like the end of May. It's yeah, crazy. It's like June. It's June. It's Where'd summer. the time go? Where did spring go? I don't know. But it, now it's getting pretty toasty out there. And some of those plants that I had in my pots, I still had pansies in my yeah. pots. I had some snapdragons and violas. And they were hanging in there pretty good. But with this heat, they were just kind of going, yeah, we're done. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> yeah. So I spent some time just refurbishing a lot of my pots out front and just freshening them up and putting in the, the annuals or the things that really like the heat and yeah. like the sun. So I thought that's what we would talk about. Well, that's good. Uh, the pots look, I mean, you were like Tasmanian devil, just f- f- soil and dirt <laughs> is flying out. There's all over the patios, <laughs> dead carcasses of plants pass or else laying on the ground and new things are in and when you got all done we blew it off the patios and it, it just looks fabulous yeah. the, i was out reading my newspapers mm-hmm. in, the, in the front patio and neighbors are going by going nice yard yeah, yeah that's my wife it's all her doing <laughs> we do it together yeah. but yeah so there's some things that really love the sun that are super easy to take care of 
And so I thought I would just talk about a few of those. The first one being the salvia, the blue salvia. Uh, gets a little bit taller, 18 inches. Some even get taller than yeah. that. But boy, that plant loves the heat. It performs so nicely in the heat. And there's a few different varieties, the black and blue, the majestic, the Victoria. Um, but all of them do really, really well. And they're a great plant to put out by your vegetable garden because they attract in the pollinators. So if you want more bees and that type of thing to help with pollination in your vegetable garden, I would put some salvia out there too. Game changer. Hummingbirds. I know we planted a real tall one out by the mm -hmm. just past the herb garden. And the hummingbirds were all over that the other night. So yeah. Some irrigation. And they were like... Towards evening, they were just like buzzing around. Right. It's kind of fun to watch them. Mm -hmm. So definitely some salvia in there. Uh, vinca. So vinca, not the perennial vinca that grows in the shade all over and takes over the world, but the annual vinca. And it comes in such bright colors and pinks and reds and whites and just all kinds of really bright, bright colors. So they are fun to put out in your containers because they really catch your eye. There are some that grow more upright, so probably eight, 12 inches, 15 inches. And they also have cascading ones. And those are the ones that I love to put on the edges of my pots because they just kind of drape down and soften the edge. Um, great thing about Vinca is they're self-deadheading. All you have to do is go by and just kind of brush them periodically, knock the old blossoms off, and then they just keep blooming, blooming, blooming. So they're a terrific one to use in your containers. That's one that we're actually we're actually growing the uh, containers that will hang around the downtown Prescott area, and we chose the creeping or, or trailing mm -hmm. vincas, and they've been stalled. I mean, this cold weather yeah. we're forcing them down to Tucson. Mm -hmm. I put them down to Tucson. It's a little bit warmer, but even there, they love the heat so much they weren't quite growing. Now all of a sudden it's warm. They're they're you can watch them grow fast oh, yeah. and they just love the heat mm -hmm. and the other th great thing about them is even if they go a little bit on the dry side they're not going to croak from that they yeah. don't mind being a little more on the dry side so it's it's good one for those hot locations another one i really like for the hot spaces is pentas and pentas come in pinks and reds and whites and they are an amazing butterfly attractor so if you want to bring more butterflies into your yard, Absolutely. throw in some pentas there. Yeah, monarchs, painted ladies, swallowtails. Um, you got a beautiful crop of geraniums in. My gosh, oh, yeah. those are great. That's another heat mm -hmm. level. I see a lot of geraniums going into our yard <laughs> this week. Definitely. got to love the geraniums. Those are one of those... But if you deadhead them, they're just continual bloomers. So they're great ones to have into the yard. Mix really nicely with other plants they play well with others i guess yeah you got that thick leathery leaf that just allows them to take that heat mm -hmm. not dry out they just they just bloom a long time ours were in bloom until like december last year it was a crazy long it was time because like, they can take a little more cold yeah too. yeah definitely portulaca oh, lantana yeah. those are other ones that i like to put in those dry hot windy spots because they just perform they're like yeah i'm gonna bloom i like this place and then of course the million bells or the calabacoas um and myriad of colors you name a color it's out there in it and easy to slip into your pots if you need to freshen it up you get some nice color out there in the yard and of course to keep them blooming you want to use your flower power yeah. every two weeks I, I love how you you keep a core of the container together, mm. but then you just rip out things that are looking a little bit off, 
uh-huh. dead. There's a hole. You're looking for holes to tuck a new thing in mm-hmm. there, a new heat lever. And so that's where all it gets kind of messy. You just dig out some holes, put them in there, a little bit more fresh potting soil, and Off you go. voila, it just looks like it's been growing there yeah. for all year. But literally, it was just planted like an hour ago. Right. And that's the beauty, I think, mm-hmm. uh, of your designs. They just all to come, come together. I would not want to be a plant in your gardens that look even a little bit off. You're out of here. That's pretty much it. That's just <laughs> frightening. All right. Ken and Lisa Lane and the Mountain Gardeners. We'll be right back. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Waters Garden Companion Plants in May are Indian Hawthorn, Purple Robe Locust, Prescott Sunshine Geraniums, and Vining Akebia. Akebia is a super vigorous vine with dangling fragrant flowers. She proliferates up arbors, pergolas, fences, and stunning as a ground cover to retain hills. One of the fastest growing evergreen vines you can plant in the gardens. you only find the hardiest vines at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Waters companion plants in May are Vining Akebia, Indian Hawthorn, Prescott Sunshine Geraniums, and Purple Robe Locusts. Incredible long clusters of purple flowers in May that look just like wisteria flowers hanging from this local bloomer. The 8-inch fragrant flowers cover the tree profusely. Super hardy and drought tolerant with a brisk growth rate of 2 feet in 1 year. It's just the perfect backyard shade tree. You'll find the shadiest trees here at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. So Lisa and I, we grow a lot of containers, a lot of container gardens. We've got big patios, lots of patios in the front yard and and three times that amount in the backyard. The entire backyard from the width of the house out about 30 feet is nothing but patio. It's made for entertaining. Hot tubs are out there and grills and fire pits and seating areas and sofas. And it just it's just a beautiful place to relax, enjoy, and just catch up at the end of the day. Uh, we have a lot of containers that decorate around our patios. We found there are a few mistakes that you really kind of want to stay away from. Thought I would share some of those. You know, we've got some large containers. We grow trees. I've got peach trees. Peaches are going to come off soon, and the tree is grown in a container. It's been there for many, many years. Roses in containers. Big flowers, of course. Hydrangeas that are just over the top. I love lots of uh, uh, Japanese maples because they're smaller formats. Uh, the back patios are very shaded, north north facing, so the Japanese maples love that, and they're beautiful. Here's some things you really, if you want to up your game, here's what to look at. One, taking a large pot. I've done this several times. You think I would know, or I just like moving my pots around. But getting a big container, kind of plant a tree, a rose, whatever, and 
you put it in the wrong place. <laughs> now you plant it, water it, and all of a sudden it's impossible to move. It's heavy. Yeah, there's big dollies you can use. You can slide them around. That's one where if you're not quite sure, get a plant caddy. It's got these big substantial saucers, basically, that have wheels underneath them where you can move them around. I also use those because they help me kind of turn the plant around. So sometimes if the light is wrong, uh, the plants will start growing lopsided. Well, now if you put a plant kit, you can kind of spin it around 180 and makes it grow more consistently. Stay away from sickly or weak plants. Never plant those in your yard, but it really shows up. You get a plant that's got a broken branch. It's dog-legged. It's, got, it's not blooming right. Stay away from the sick plants. Even I don't take those home. And I, I own a, two acres worth of them. And I, I tend to go for the strongest, most robust plant. That's the one you want to take home and plant. It, th- it'll play out better for you in your yard. Um, overwatering and underwatering. This is tricky with containers especially. Right now, people are underwatering. So the frequency is right. It just helped a customer. They're, they're, they're watering twice a week. Perfect. They just weren't watering enough to get the water through all the root zones. Really with containers, you want to water until you see water coming out that hole in the bottom. That way you know you've got moisture going through all the, all the root layers and then out the bottom. With mine, I actually put saucers underneath my containers. And I'll, I'll water it until water... Till I've got, I can see the water spilling over that or filling up that saucer. And here's my thinking. We're going to get hot. It's going to be 90, even 100 degrees by the end of June. Before the monsoons come, we need it to be hot. That's what draws that monsoon rain towards us up out of the south. If I've got a plant that gets a little hot and it uses more moisture, well, if I fill that saucer up with water, well, as it gets hot, it'll start wicking back the other way. It'll actually go up into the roots zone of that tree shrub. It's like a self-watering pot is what I've created. But make sure you water enough. Don't underwater things. This is also where I, I love Aqua Boost crystals. These are polymer crystals I've infused with mycorrhizal fungi. You can only get them at Waters Garden Center because I make them here. Uh, but it holds 200 times its weight in water swells up and makes a gelatin thing. And then the mycorrhizals kind of stimulate the plants to root deeper. It really works well in containers. And so if you've got, if you've, if every time I plant a new plant, I'll add, sprinkle a tablespoon or so of these Aqua Boost crystals at the bottom. If I've got an established plant, I'll poke a hole and try to sprinkle it down where the roots are. Either way works. But that's, that will help take the edge off of, of watering your plants. The next mistake I find rookies make is they, they've got awkward plant-to-pot ratios. So they're two, two dimensionals. They don't have enough height. So you need to think like a birthday cake when you're, when you're designing containers. You need a tall thing, a medium thing, and things that spill out over the edge. If you're thinking like that, you'll have plants that kind of grow together. They add some dimensions and interests. What I find is folks that are new, to they'll get a big pot. They have all these you know, six inch tall plants, but this pot is like two feet tall and it just looks out of proportion. You'll know when you see it, you kind of, your gut kind of goes, that doesn't quite look right. I don't know. Just think in terms of birthday cakes, a tall thing, 
a medium thing and a short flowing thing. You can't go wrong with that. Usually I'll, I'll start out with, the, with my containers, something just, whoa, I'm going, that's pretty cool. I like that plant. I don't even know what it is, but I like that. It's tall, showy, blooming. Then I'll have some flowy things over the edge, calipricoas, million bells, uh, alyssums, uh, bacopas. There's a lot of different low-growing, flowing things that go over the edge. It softens that edge. It looks like life is spilling out over my containers. Then in, in between, I'll fill in with some of the zinnias. I'll fill in with geraniums. I'll fill in with just regular petunias. Uh, um, marigolds. There's a whole bunch of things that just fill in. They look chubby and full. And they just like to bloom. And that's sort of how I design it. One great thing where I go, whoa, I flowing things go over the edge and I fill in with the other stuff in between. But get the ratio right. And then I notice this time of year, especially as we transition from spring blooming things to summer blooming things, a lot of folks, they're afraid to prune things. They're afraid to cut things. If it's dead, if it's got a dead branch, a dead flower, cut it off. If it's dying, like your your violas and pansies, you can't water them enough. They just look bad. Rip them out. Don't prune. Just take them and rip them right out. So you got some room to plant some nicer, fuller stuff. Don't be afraid to do that. In your yard as well. So if you got a dead branch on something, cut it off. It's bringing you down. But especially in containers, it's going to help you. For new gardeners especially, I find that I, I try to help them when they're here at the garden center, put plants that are that go together. So full sun plants together, full shade plants together, but don't intermix them because you'll find you'll either overwater the, the plants that love sun or you'll underwater the things that, that just need more shade. So put your hydrangeas, your... Uh, your, your coleus, your begonias, your impatience, they like the shade. Put them all together. Make a garden over there with them all together. They're going to like each other. And then out there where the sun just roasts things on the patio, put your geraniums, put your petunias, put your mandevilla vines. They love the sun. Put them together, but don't co-mix them. So the other one I notice, people don't use enough soil, fresh soil, potting soil. Now, potting soil is made, it's, the science is in potting soil. This is made to plant directly into, and it holds moisture, yet drains. So there's an art to that, especially at this drier, higher elevation. Um, mulch, manures, there's less science. It's just, it's just composted stuff. It looks rich. It's made to add out into your gardens and tilled in or it made to add to your native soil while you're planting a new tree or shrub but you don't plant in those they stay too thick too wet they just aren't made potting soil is made to grow in and you the plants use that up so you need to add some fresh new potting soil every time you plant if you can it'll make a difference and then people don't fertilize enough this is where i promote flower power so much use it twice a month it'll be a game changer but if your plants look yellow, they aren't blooming enough, fertilize more. You'll find you have to fertilize more here in the mountains than, than elsewhere. And then lastly, I'll leave you with this. If a plant is ugly, get rid of that dog. It does not belong in your gardens. Uh, so if a plant's ugly, I mean, look to rip that thing out. I'm looking to get rid of, especially if you've got more mature gardens. Now, some plants, there's, there's, a, there's a life cycle to plants. 
And when they flame out, they're going, I'm just tired. I can't do this anymore. Get them out of there. We live in America for $9.99. You have a fresh, new, beautiful thing that blooms for the next three years. Uh, I think of things, I think of my flowers kind of like a bouquet that lives for two, three, five, six months, maybe a couple years. And then it's time to go. I need a fresh new bouquet in there. Don't be afraid. You gardeners, it's hard for you. It's not a puppy dog you're planting. This is a plant. You can rip it out and put a fresh new one in for not very much money. Keep your plants looking great. Don't settle for ugly your gardens. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. Gee, my flowers just bloom too much. Said no one, ever. Hi, this is Kenneth Waters. We had a crazy winter and everyone's ready for flowers in the garden. Waters Flower Power is made specifically for Arizona that gives flowers that extra boost to burst into bloom. It's an energy kick in the plants. Get ready for roses that rule, peppers that pop, and tomatoes that triumph. More power to the flowers with Flower Power at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters Garden Companion plants in May are Purple Robe Locusts, Vining Achevia, Prescott Sunshine Geraniums, and Easy Elegant Roses. Just plant these roses in a sunny spot and enjoy. We've married the beauty of long stem roses with the easy care of shrub roses for landscape color like no other plant in the backyard. Choose fragrant reds, radiant pinks, corals, vivacious yellows, and stately whites. Extremely fragrant and only found locally at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. So we had a new truckload of trees come in at, here at Waters Garden Center. So we're still shipping plants, a lot of plants actually. So the season is really just just getting started. It's we're at the peak, but it continues through, gosh, October really, in first part of November. Uh, so new trees are coming in. There's some confusion. So we had a whole new load of pine and spruce and fir come in. So these are evergreen, needled evergreens mainly. We had some leafy trees come in, but leafy trees come, they're grown in containers. So our trees, we grow them, we call it pot in pot program. So we dig a hole, we plant a pot that's bigger than the pot that we're going to grow in. This is getting confusing. I don't know if I can explain this, but um, we'll grow them in the ground, but the plant is grown in its container that it's shipped to here at the garden center. So when you see this beautiful new oak tree or, or sycamore or aspen or whatever it is, maple, um, you'll see it's fully rooted in this container that it was grown in. Nice and full. What this does for us is it takes the edge off of watering, gets us a larger caliper tree and a wider canopy. So we've got this structure that looks like an actual tree. It's a trick. We trick the plant into thinking it was grown in the ground, but it's grown in its own pot in the ground. So we'll harvest that, bring it back up, put it on a truck and bring it down to the garden center. We have drip irrigation that goes after that. That works for fruit trees. It works for shade trees. It works for junipers somewhat. It does not work 
for spruce and pine. These plants, they do not like to be in containers. They want to be in the ground, and they're so slow growing. I mean, the average six-foot uh, spruce tree, it might be 10, 12 years old before it's mature enough to send down to the garden center full enough to look good. These plants we grow in a field, much like corn. We've got a field, a farm. We just grow them in the ground in rows. We'll overplant them, then we'll harvest the ones in between. When they're smaller, we'll bring them in. These plants are called ball and burlap. So when we harvest these, we'll actually dig them several times as they're growing. We'll root prune them, basically. So there's, it's a 10-year process. We'll take a spade, and we'll just cut the roots. So we, we have this fibrous root mass, but they're grown in the ground, in a field, in a row, uh, and we nurture them into looking really good. We trim the tops. We trim, trim the bottoms. Um, when we finally decide to harvest those, we'll actually dig a root ball. But the root ball will fall apart unless we wrap it in burlap. So that's where they call ball and burlap. It's a bald root that's grown in a field. And then we wrap it in burlap. And then we'll transfer that that field-grown ball and burlap plant. We'll put that into a container, mainly so it shows better here at the garden center. It hasn't been grown in that container its entire life. It was just transferred there. It's a holding pot, basically. The burlap holds that entire root ball together. So you just cut that container off, roll it into the yard, into the hole, plant it, water it, and away you go. That's all you do. At the very end, you cut the very top that jute uh, uh, rope that's cutting, that's holding the burlap together, you cut that off and lay it back. You don't take it off. Or you can just, you can harm some of the roots that this plant has, has developed. So that's kind of how you grow. I, I don't know if I explained that whole thing. We're really deep into the weeds as far as gardening, but that's how you'll find trees sold at a garden center that you're planting right now or, or any time of the year. Don't be afraid of either one of them. If you come to the garden center, I give you a personal tour. You'll just be really obvious when you see it going, oh, well, it all makes sense now. But hopefully I explained it enough over the airwaves where you can kind of capture some of that. Throughout the week, let's camp out here at Waters Garden Center. Love talking to friends, fans of the show. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.